Hello, I'm your host Jim McLean. Welcome to the latest edition of the Band of Flicks Movie Review Podcast. On this edition of the podcast, thanks to Movie House Cinemas, we're going to be talking about Deadpool 2. I'll be joined by Gavin Moriarty and Mike McCourt, two of Bandaflix's very own. But before you hear our thoughts, let's play a clip of the film. Meet Domino. What's your shtick? I'm lucky. Luck isn't a superpower. <laughs> Don't call it a cup, Yes, it is. No, it's not. You underestimate my powers. Nice! But not a superpower. Yes, it is. Let's meet in the middle and say no, it isn't. You're hired. Lucky me. So that's a clip of Deadpool 2, and I'm joined now by two of Bandaflix's very own contributors, our own deputy editor, Gavin Moriarty and Mike McCourt. Guys, um, you're straight out of the screen, and I haven't seen it. I haven't seen this. If you want to be spoilerific, be spoilerific. Just give our listeners warning beforehand. But before we get into talking about your thoughts in the film, Gavin, set up the premise for this sequel for me. Tell us where we are with Deadpool and the outline of where this story goes to. The the story, essentially, um, there's quite a long prologue that sets up why Deadpool is in a particularly miserable place in his life. I won't say too much about that, but the story really kicks off whenever... Uh, um, there is this young child who, played by the kid from The Hunt from the Wilder People, uh, starts messing shit up, so to speak. Uh, and uh, Deadpool and co. And the, he enlists the. Deadpool kind of joins the X Men, sort of, temporarily, to get this kid, uh, you know, to sort of help him. Uh, and then what stops them from helping him is um, Cable enters the fray. Very quickly, they set him up very, very fast. There's no big, you know, he is from the future, but they set it up very, very quickly. Um, and that's kind of where the the sort of the collision between Cable and Deadpool, like kind of, Cable wants to kill this kid um, for reasons that he has. And uh, Deadpool, for reasons that he has, wants to stop him. Um, and that's kind of the, that's really the gist of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fairly, it's a fairly straightforward story, but it's done in kind of traditional sequel manner where everything is bigger than what was you know in the original um it's funnier too i think it's kind of like i think it's like the lethal weapon 2 of sequels i actually because i really like lethal weapon 2 i think it's a really good solid surprisingly um touching in part sequel okay well i'm intrigued i'm also slightly shocked because that's a film we can both agree that we both like lethal <laughs> weapon 2 but but say no more on that Mike, uh, as I said, you, you're you're just out of the screen, and you know I'm going to come back to Gavin. Gavin's kind of already hinted that he's quite positive about Deadpool <laughs> too. So, what's your thoughts on this sequel? Just very much the same as Gavin. Very, very solid. Just uh, like you said, a bit bigger. I think it feels like its own movie more, and it feels a bit more proud of what it is. Like it's not trying. Like it, I think it does a better synthesis of a comedy and an action movie and a superhero movie all together and it's it's more willing in the last one there was like they would almost have an emotional moment and then subvert it with a joke kind of like in guardians but i think in this one they're they're not afraid to go forward to be a bit more serious at certain times 
And then at the same time, actually, I think the jokes are more diverse. There's more visual gags, I think, in this one. I think it, the some of the jokes are a lot smarter. Um, there's a lot or even character-driven jokes rather than just saying something rude or whatever, whatever like that. Although I do like the first one a lot. I think a lot of the action sequences are a lot are a lot tighter and a bit more creative and a, a lot more interesting. Okay, well I'm thinking, well I mean I ha- as I said at the outset of this podcast, I haven't seen the film. You guys have. I'm not a big fan of Deadpool. It's not that I don't like it. It it came to me I, I've said this many times in the podcast where it was billed as, you know, an R rated comic book movie. It was something more aimed for someone my age rather than like the the twelve A product that Marvel do. Not that I have a problem with the twelve A product that Marvel deliver. But for me, Deadpool was still, you know, it was a it was targeting a twelve A audience, but it just had a few a bit of effing and Jeffing thrown in and a bit of crudeness. And <coughs> I never find myself going, Wow, with Deadpool. So maybe I'm coming at this with as I always say, diminished expectations. Coming back to you, Gavin, you've you you you've been quite positive about this, and and Mike's talking about it quite positively as well. You've kind of hinted that you think it might be funnier. You think that it might like is this more maybe the film I wanted with Deadpool first time round? This edgier, more you know, more something that's aimed at someone my age. Granted, I'm 35 with the mental age of 16. I've long accepted that. But do you think that this is something maybe, without having seen, I can't, I can't answer that. But something that's maybe more like the Logan film that I adored because Logan was was firmly for an older comic book audience. So, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Mike made an interesting point in that it's it's kind of it's funnier, but the, the script is a lot sharper. Action sequences are are a lot sharper. I think if you were disappointed by Deadpool the first one. I think the sequel should win you over because it kind of is not afraid. And it also, you mean, it's very difficult whenever you have a character that breaks fourth wall and then he has these silly moments and then they're serious. I think they blend those moments much better now. Um, I think the script is just much... I think it's much sharper than the first one. Uh, there's a lot more pop culture references. Uh, still a lot of 80s references in it too, but I think it's just the... I think everything's just sharper. Action, the actions. I mean, it looks like they spent a lot of money on it, and, and, and I mean that in a good way. And I would have a problem with, you know, and the, the difference between what Disney Marvel do, which is basically the twelve A end of it, and what Fox Marvel are doing, which is now essentially the R end of it, is that they're not afraid to do things that would have massive implications in the Disney Marvel. I mean, there's a side gag, and I can't ruin it. And, and you know what? I might know what I'm talking about, but. It would have huge implications if that were a Disney movie, but this one, if they just let it be as it is, and there's, I mean, and even at the, I mean, I think people should stay for the post credits. Now, there wasn't a one at, there wasn't a stinger at the very, very end. Now that could be, and I've read about sometimes they don't put those in for preview screenings, but they put them in, so there may well be something at the end of it. But there is a post credit sequence that you know is well worth hanging around for, and again has massive implications going forward. But that's it. But but it's done in the spirit of being funny, and I think they never lose sight of that. It's always about. It's never about selling toys with this particular, you know, with Fox Marvel. This one is purely about good story, and 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 because Deadpool's supposed to be funny, good jokes, and the jokes are very good. They're 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 excellent. Like you know. Okay. Well, you've definitely got me intrigued. Now, coming back to you, Mike. There's the thing you said. Sorry, you were a big fan of the first Deadpool film. I I wasn't. So I mean, so what was it about? <coughs> That Deadpool, that that incarnation of Deadpool on the big screen. Like, were you a fan of the character on the comic book pages, or did you come to this fresh 
as as just going to see this character in the cinema? Um, I was into the comics for maybe a couple of years before I watched the movie, and I think for both in the comics and uh, the films, it, it's just the the character is the most interesting thing, and the 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 self awareness of Deadpool compared to just other comics, and you, you, having the self awareness to be silly and make fun of it. And you know, a lot of comic book characters and a lot of comic movies take themselves very seriously, and that one, and they they just don't. But at the same time, they'll still go for it at times. Like they they'll still, they'll, it's almost like it's a movie that's done professionally but not seriously. If that makes sense, in a lot of ways. And yeah, but the I think what this one does better is that the the first Deadpool mainly was just Deadpool, maybe a couple of side characters. But the world around it isn't that interesting. Whilst I think with this one, like there's more side characters that are more defined and more fit into this particular world and fit with this particular character. Like Domino was a character who I really liked, and I would like more of. And Cable is a character who works really well in this movie, and it just makes the the Deadpool movie and the character feel a bit more developed and the world around it more developed, rather than just placing a funny character in a somewhat like a different sort of character in a somewhat generic world like the first one might have been or you could view it as perfect well you know on that note Gavin you know we, we now have two Josh Brolin villains huh. in the cinema at one time and I'm without seeing the film I'm pretty certain there will be references to that through the film I know there is in the trailers but I know the kind of the producers and the director has said there's lots of stuff that we, we shot so many stuff like so many good comedies do. They shot so many alternative takes that, you know, stuff that's in the trailers might not necessarily be in the film. And, and there's a, I know they've, they've talked about that. But we have Josh Berlin as, as Thanos and Avengers and we have him here as Cable. What's your thoughts on his turn here as Cable? Uh, well, I was surprised how much sort of time they give to the character development of, as, you know, in... in in Infinity War with Thanos where you do sort of I mean I, for a motion capture performance I actually thought oh that's actually pretty I wasn't expecting that um, uh, even though I still have large issues with the whole Infinity War Marvel Disney thing that they do but uh, no it, he has more to do in this uh, you know he's uh, but with the, although I would argue maybe he has more screen time in, in Infinity War but uh, he, he gives more in this one I think because you can see his face and because it's the actor Josh Brolin, not you know, on a whole bunch of motion capture, um, he's he kind of does the gruff, kind of. There's a lot of Terminator references in there, <laughs> so um, there's that kind of cast that gruff thing. He's got that down. Um, you know, he's perfect casting really for Cable. I mean, I know Brad Pitt was mentioned. Um, there may be a reference to that in the movie. Um, that you know, but but I think Brolin. I think he nails. I think he nailed because he's essentially the antagonist for a good chunk of the movie. Not giving too much away to say that he and Deadpool do have to team up at a certain point. Um, you know, he spars well with um, with um, with Reynolds. Um, so much so that you would think, oh, there's much more room for a sequel. You know, with more something more so focused on those two because whenever they do come, I mean, they're whenever they come together, that's kind of that's interesting. Um, and it doesn't happen a whole lot in the movie. Whenever it does, it's kind of the most it's kind of the most interesting part of it because they sort of are naturally antithetical to one another. Where he's this kind of joker and he's this kind of serious guy who's lost his family. And which they keep they keep that. That's not a spoiler. They keep that sort of Cable's backstory. Um, um, you know the 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 fate that befalls his family in the future that happens in this movie too. Um, 
but no, yeah, I, I, Brolin was was very was excellent. It was perfect casting really for uh, Cable. Yeah, uh, well, I again, he's he's a character I'm not really that versed in. I'm vaguely familiar with his character from the X Men animated series, which, from memory, and you know that, that is a long, long time ago. Blatantly stole off like elements of the Terminator Can for I? the animated film inside of things. So. I'm I'm intrigued with that, but can you want to sorry. Can I add very quickly that they do time travel way better than X Men: Days of Future Past. Deadpool two, they do the time travel element so much better than Days of Future Past, which was obviously the uh, the sequel to First Class, which had the whole you know Days of Future Past storyline from the comics. But they do it so much better. It's it's a much cleaner version of time travel, and it's so much better. Let me guess, it's much more in the lines of uh, the Terminator kind of idea of time yes. travel. That's why clearly Gavin would be a fan of it. Say no more, James Cameron reference in there. Say no more. <coughs> Coming back to you, Mike, I mean, you've touched on this. And, and again, we're, we're going to get the dangers very soon of repeating ourselves. Um, you've said this is bigger, it's louder, it's funner. It's, it's a good sequel to a film you liked. Do you think there's a sense with this Deadpool, Deadpool 2, that first time round, it was seen as a risk. You know, this it was the kind of the first, you know, not mentioned in Guardians of the Galaxy, because I know James Gunn had that whole kind of Twitter thing. You know, what a funny, you know, edgy comic book movie. Hang on, has anyone seen Guardians? But with Deadpool, it was the first of this kind of R-rated comic book movie. I've already said I had issues with it. But second time round, we've seen Deadpool make a lot of money. We've seen Logan make a lot of money. So this is clearly seen this time round as, you know, it's less of a risk. So do you think maybe that's why? Because I'm not actually sure it was either Mike or Gavin, um, which of you made the point that it's like, in terms of special effects, in terms of, it's all kind of everything's been upped. So therefore, there's a considerable more budget this time. Do you think that's what's really helping this that was maybe lacking the first time round? Yeah, like the, there's definitely more money into it, all the special effects that did look a bit better. Um but it's also just, and I feel this with the first one, but also the second, like, w- both the reasons why this movie will easily make its money back, but, like, they've definitely put money into the marketing. And, like, if, if you, it's all about, with a movie, it's like, it doesn't even matter if it's good, but if you can sell it, and I feel that like they sold the first one really well, and they've sold this one, I think, in the marketing very, very well. And they've obviously put a lot of money into it. And, and I think with this one, they know is that there obviously is an appeal for that kind of market because like that one that first one took about 10 years to get off the ground and i think it was just because they didn't know if people were going to like and it's quite obvious now that there is a market and there's a there's a lot of money to be made in this sort of sector of comic book movies that hasn't been hasn't been cultivated doesn't harvested yet but my big worry is that it'll probably just get saturated and like the reason these movies like deadpool's good you probably could make this movie 12a and it would still be good, not as good, but it's because the character is still interesting. And I just hope they don't, like, take it, oh, it's R-rated, and that's why it's successful. It's 18, that's why it's successful. And then just make a bunch of edgy, dark comic book movies and adaptions that aren't good, that don't have, like, a character that people can connect with. Yeah, great. And that's probably my issue with the first film, to be honest with you. The first one, as, as edgy as at times it wanted to be, it still felt like a film that, for the large bulk of it was targeted towards a 12a audience or a 12a audience could easily sit through and watch that you know and snigger and joke away hey well i'm still 35 i still snigger at a fart joke so say no more i can't really hold my head up here in high esteem i'm just hoping that it's more 
in the mold. And I know it's two completely different films, two totally completely different films in the style of Logan. Now, you've seen it, so you'll know if I'm talking complete gibberish or not. That's what I'm kind of hoping it is, that it feels like something that's aimed more towards an adult audience. But the other big thing we haven't really talked about here, that's definitely, I'm only judging by the trailers, is, is definitely hinted at, is the, the formation of X-Force. For the uninitiated, tell us a little bit about it. And, and what was your thoughts on how that played out throughout the film, Gavin? I have to be careful what I say here. There, there, there will definitely be an X-Force in the future. It just might not have certain team members. <laughs> it's very hard. I mean, X-Force are basically, I suppose the crude way of putting it is they're the R-rated X-Men. They're kind of the, you know, I think at various points, Wolverine's been in it, um, Cable and obviously Deadpool have been in it. But they're more Shatterstar, who does make an appearance in this. Um, you know, he's from, he's a, he's an alien. He's from Mojo. Is it Mojo World? That's the Mojo World. Um, he was. I briefly remember Mojo Mojo from the comp or from the. Um, he was in the animated series. I think he made an appearance. But um, yeah, no. I, I, the, I mean, so so X Force are, are very clearly set up, and they're sort of. I mean, it's very hard to talk about because there's a there's a sequence in the movie, kind of in the middle ish. And it's brilliant and funny because you don't see it coming. <laughs> I mean, it's just really well done. It like takes your 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 sort of your preconceived notions of this, you know, team that's just banded together, but it kind of takes a much more realistic approach <laughs> than you would think. Um, and obviously, it, it, but I just, I can't say anymore because it's one of the best sequences in the movie. Um, I, I think, and well, this is to, to touch on the point that you know you you might were talking about about you know. 12A and or you know R-rated movies and all that sort of PG-13. Um, I you can't there there is a way that this this particular movie could have been PG-13, but it would have no teeth. I think the R-rating is hugely important for for Deadpool and and Logan to, for, for teeth. I just mean to do things that are kind of occasionally nasty, but also I mean you know the problem I have with the Disney Marvel stuff is it's 12A. It's hugely violent, but there's zero consequence most of the time. You don't actually see the physical force of a punch or or, or a gunshot wound, any of that sort of stuff. You see it in these movies. I actually think I'm actually quite, feel quite strongly about that. I think that's very important, and they 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 really let fly in this. And I mean, the, I I would also argue too. This is our best chance. I, I know Logan aside of seeing an R-rated X-Men movie, and it kind of is an R-rated X-Men movie, given that. Colossus comes. I mean, it's the X Force are in this, but a Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead come back, um, and maybe some other X Men. I don't want to say too much more. Um, so this is the closest we'll ever get, I think, to an R rated X Men, and 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 it's even going to be, you know, depending on how the Disney merger goes, which is still not a, a given. Um, this we mightn't see too much more of this because Disney are averse to. Disney reverse to the F word. I mean, there is no. You're allowed to say an F word in a 12A. There is no F word at all in any of those uh, Mar- Disney Marvel movies at all. You've blasphemy. You can say asshole. You can say prick. You can, you know, you can't say the F word. You can't say fuck. I have a huge problem with that. Um. So, uh, yeah. No, I. I the the, the X Force bit is one of the best bits, best and most surprising bits in this movie. Okay, and it's a good thing that we have an, an F written end for Gavin to be allowed to say all those words that he clearly wanted to say. Mike, generally, we're, we're going to wrap things up. You know, we're all sitting here. I think we're all, whilst we all have our own individual tastes, there is a sense that we all kind of go to see these films. Yes, we moan. I'm the person who moans about having comic book movie fatigue and stuff. But we always end up to go see these films. But generally, not specifically about Deadpool 2, do you want, I know it's probably the silliest question I'm going to ask you, do you want 
more of this kind of stuff, this edgy kind of R-rated, you know, more adult-orientated comic book stuff. You know, there's stuff. There's, I live in hope that we might see a good Spawn movie coming out, and and one day, who knows? You know, I have a slight kind of kind of you know cult kind of love for the original, but you know, maybe we'll get a good film. But do you want to see more of of this type of stuff opposed to Marvel's Marvel's stuff? I I, I know there's people actively detest. I know that Gavin's less of a fan of it than I am. There's a but there is without doubt there's a formula, there's a rhythm to a Marvel studio product that we see, you know, A and to B and to C. <clears throat> Infinity War kind of rectifies some of those, but I think it can't be judged until we see Infinity War Part Two. But for you, you've coming back to I mean just that general topic. I know it's the silliest question I'm gonna ask you, but do you want more of this kind of stuff? Um yeah. Just I don't have an issue with, like, obviously there there's certain Marvel movies that are more formulaic and some are definitely more standard than others, but I think in terms of big budget action movies, blockbuster movies, they're definitely above average. Like, the average is really low, I think, at the moment, outside of them. Like, you compare them to, say, the DC movies, which are just a total wreck. It's terrible to watch. But yeah, like, I don't know if people keep talking about comic book fatigue, but the numbers aren't pointing that way. But the, if if... If you want to make sure it doesn't happen, from say, if I was a producer, you would have to diversify and you would have to make a different, like the term comic movie is so vague and I think it should be made vague because like this is a totally different thing in in a lot of ways. In some ways it's similar, in a lot of ways it's very different to say a, a Marvel movie. So yeah, and like comics, as even superhero comics, it's such a diverse thing. It's, it's been going for near 100 years now. More? I think it's for Superman's. 1917 i think maybe i'm wrong um but like yeah like it's a big it's there's a lot going on there's a lot more to harvest and there is a lot it's it's a it's a medium that there's a lot of different things there's there's lots of different ideas that can be adapted to film and very well and can be profitable as well yeah and gavin for you the last you know the last question i'm going to ask you you've alluded to this a few times taking aside the core x-men product that fox do most of which is 12a we don't know what um, dark phoenix which is either out later this year or next year i'm not quite sure i know the schedules kind of got changed about i know there's new mutants which again has been another film that is kind of playing about the place but you're someone who clearly likes fox's comic book product so what is it for you that you're a fan of their product that you think makes that puts them above what Marvel Studios do? Uh, th- yeah, well, that's that's the that's the important. The, the Fox Marvel is the the important distinction between obviously Disney Marvel. I have a huge problem with Disney Marvel because they're all it's all they're just ads for the next movie. And uh, what what I think separates Fox is that, ironically enough, you know, maybe you might have had issues with the previous X Men movies, timeline issues, for instance. It kind of seems now that they're finally getting their shit together. And I will say this one, this builds on a particular plot point from X-Men Apocalypse and Logan. It's I, There's a, well, I'll just say it, Mr. Sinister. Um, th- there, There is clearly, they're going somewhere with that. And with X-Men Dark Phoenix, it looks like they're going in that direction too. But but it, so ironically enough, the Fox might get dissolved and they're finally getting their shit together. But, but I think what they, you know, you mentioned it with New Mutants, that's going to be a horror movie, again, R-rated they're allowed to not put these things in a box where the service is to the story and not what's the next movie. 
you know, every you know, every time I see those Disney Marvel movies, I know I'm watching an ad for the next movie. People go on about Infinity War. It's an ad for part two. There is no. Uh, can I spoil that uh, thing about Infinity War? Can I? No. Okay. Damn it. Um, well, uh, th- there's there's a thing that ha- there's a couple of things that happened in Infinity War. It, there is no tension in it because I know what's going to. They've announced their future movies. Um, so and that's that's as vague as I can get on that spoiler. What clearly Fox do is it's about the story. It's not about and as much as good as the post credit sequence is in Deadpool two, it's not really about. I mean, it has implications for going forward, but it's not about. It's it was purely to serve a really good joke. So, I think what Fox do is it's the creative license that it allows the creators, you know, the directors and the writers. You do not have that with Disney Marvel because all they care about is the next movie. Okay, well, look, we shall leave it there. I think you're both really positive about Deadpool 2. It's out in cinemas now. All that's really left to do is thank you very much, Gavin. Thank you very much, Mike. So that's all we've time for in this edition of the Bandaflex Movie Review Podcast. We'll be back soon talking more movie-related nonsense. But in the meantime, be sure to check out our website where you'll find the podcast's complete back catalogue. Thank you.